they feel like over and over and over again in their adult life, every time they start to get a little bit, something else happens and sets them back, except that Wall Street keeps getting bailed out. They yeah. keep getting the bailouts and, and plowing ahead. And they, you know, and they're like, well, I want my piece of that too. And then it's people with an agenda. And so I, I imagine going into investing with an agenda or with any emotion attached is a bad, generally a bad strategy. You know, not that I'm a financial advisor. If this is a financial advice, I like the stock. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 411 with a couple of mics on mics. We got Mike and Mike on the mics bringing you the 411 of the Nerdburger Faithful. Welcome back, Michael. Good to be back, Mike. I miss my theme music. <laughs> Love my theme. Such good theme music. Wait, don't you have a copy of this that you can listen to? No, I do, but I haven't listened. It's American Hi-Fi, and I haven't listened to American Hi-Fi in a long time. Oh, okay. It's such a great song for the show, though. Oh, yeah. Because I, I am the geek that gets the girl, I'll have you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were talking about that. In right yeah. under the wire. <laughs> <laughs> this is weird, man. This is weird that I, I, don't, have to, I don't have to break in between you and Craig anymore. I can, I can, I can just say things now. <laughs> I don't have to. I don't have to wait. For, I don't have to wait for the lull and like desperately try to break in before oh. I. Oh come on! You there's, there's you so never much waited for the for, lull. for me to perform now. There's so much pressure. Like I have to. There's so I have to hold up even more of the show around here. <laughs> when I come when I come to record in person now, do I sit in Craig's seat? Is that how that works now? Uh, you can sit wherever you want. Yeah. Do I have the option of sitting in Craig's seat? You do. Yeah. Wow. That's going to be weird. That's going to be weird. I'll be sitting there like it's steeped in Craig. I can, <laughs> like, it's almost like he's still, I can feel him. It's, it's almost it's, like he's still with us. It's had a while to air out. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah. I have it. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess it would it's have, still yeah. the same chair though. I did. I did threaten to, to throw it away, but uh, yeah. it's still there. It's still got, it's still got his butt, his butt imprint. Like it might, it might, you know, it might work for me. That might, you know, Similar and body type. We al- might. Although it's been almost a year since he's sat in that chair because, wow. you That's know, right. Jeez. I don't know when that was April of last year what when we, we year, stopped. What a year it has been. Yeah. Mm. Th- thank God. 2020 is over on to 2021. <laughs> even worse. Trademark. I saw, I saw a meme that was like, the, like the year, the pat the the past year of the pandemic, and it was like, you know, day twenty five. I'm making bread. Yeah. You know, <laughs> day day ninety five. I really miss my friends. Yeah. You know, <laughs> day, you know, two hundred ninety. You know, say whatever. Um, you know, so <laughs> there's a there's a gentleman in a Viking hat controlling the, <laughs> somehow con- controlling the White House and. <laughs> And then it's like day three hundred, day three hundred and thirty. Yes, Reddit's Reddit's invasion of Wall Street is proceeding as planned. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like a wild year, man. <laughs> I saw I saw one this morning that was um, 
it said two two weeks to slow or was it march 2020 two weeks to slow the spread january right. 2021 you need three masks and an anal swab <laughs> I, I, I saw one that was that was Jesus, you know, Jesus sitting on the um, under the tree and people around him. And it was like, you know, but Jesus, how many masks should we wear? Seven? He was like, no, I say you should wear 70 times seven. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, they, man. Thought that, they thought that was a lot back then. <laughs> are you still like, do you what? Like, so. Are you like a mask all the time guy or are you like a mask when it's when I'm socially pressured to guy? Uh the second thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm Basically. like I'm like a I'm like like I'm a public's mask guy. Yeah, exactly. But I'm not, you know, and I'm like I've already like I'm I don't even have the good habit of the mask in public. Like I do the walk, halfway walk from the parking lot and then see someone walking out with a mask on and then realize like, Oh, I forgot my mask. I have to do the trot back to the car. Now see, I would get the mask. I would then go into public. Yeah. I would do that, but I get the glasses fogging up thing. So it's really better if I, you know, (laughs) prepare in the car and get it wedged underneath. And, you know, I figured out early on, it's either sunglasses or mask. Never the twain shall meet. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm, I'm, (laughs) I'm seriously considering for the past eight, nine months, 10 months, that uh-huh. <laughs> that I need to go back to wearing contacts, but yet, yet I haven't done it yet. I haven't gone to the eye doctor either. I really need to do that. But uh, no, I was thinking. Yeah. I was thinking about that yesterday or today about the the mask thing, and uh-huh. uh, yeah, and I forgot what I was thinking. But <laughs> you know, like like like, like oh oh, public- I know. I it it's 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 it really it has nothing to do with the masks or the virus. It's it's. It has everything to do with um, my desire to not communicate with uh, strangers and other hu- <laughs> it keeps, other it keeps, other keeps human beings. Away from you. <laughs> well, it it keeps them from talking to me in public. Uh huh. Because like if uh-huh. I if like you know if I did what I wanted to do, which was just flout the flout flout is that a word? Flaunt. Yeah, flout 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 flout's a word. Both are both are words. I don't know which one is the right one I want to use, but ignore the mask rules and just walk into uh-huh. Kroger without a mask and do my shopping. Um, mm-hmm. People would, you know, there would be Karens that would come up to me and talk to me, and I don't want to talk to Karen, you know? Yeah, well, I was... Um... I don't want to talk to anybody in public. I want them to leave me alone. So I wear the mask in order to continue to be left alone. I, um, I was in Publix maybe a month ago without my mask and i didn't realize it until i was several aisles deep because there were because i realized it because i it there were a lot of people without it on and no one was oh, really? bothering them and then one guy turned the corner with the mask on and it dawned on me like i'm like i walked in here without the yeah. thing and no one stopped me and no one said anything and and there's and i looked around and i was like oh, there's other people here without the mask on. i was like are we still doing this or are we <laughs> like are we still have we have we accepted that we're done now, or do we? You know, I mean, I've, you and I have had a different pandemic experience than a lot of other people in other states because our state's been pretty open for oh, yeah. for quite a, for quite a while. And it it I forget that there's people in other parts of the country that are still like that still can't go to work or still, you know, I hear the horror stories out of like California. And oh places yeah, like that. I can't but imagine. Our, yeah. But our, our state's been pretty open. And so, the, you know, the news is telling us that the cases are really high. And so people are on edge. But, like, people are still going to Moe's and getting tacos. You know what I mean? Like, they're still. Georgia's you know? not doing that badly right now. 
the cases are down here, aren't they? I thought they were up, but honestly, how would you? <laughs> how, how, how can you tell? I mean, how do? You, who knows? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> if you tell me they're down, somebody else told me they're up. I don't know what's true. I don't know. I, I feel like six months ago, everybody just stopped caring what's true. And it's just whatever whatever website you happen to look at is what you think is going on. And they're, no one knows. They're down from some level, which might have been up. Right. Like that, they might be down this week from like where they were really high 10 days ago. I don't know. I, I saw, I know, I know, I saw I know a graphic and, and Georgia was a lighter, a lighter shade of uh, yellow, whereas like California was red. So, oh, wow. So, so that's what that's what I'm basing that off of. Well, I'm basing it off of I know, I know I'm basing it off of my mom is still terrified. That's what I've yeah. got. She's still she's still ter- she's still terrified. And I'm trying to pretend that I'm not very blase about this whole thing at this point. i mean i get tested every week like clockwork and for a while there i was getting tested twice a week and i've it's i've never it's always been negative and i'm kind of i kind of feel like i'm missing out now because nobody else is catching it not me you've got got corona fomo FOMO. like the vaccines are going out and i still haven't caught this thing like i want to have my covid survival story too you know it's like when we had the the snowmageddon here um back in gosh oh, that was 2014 that 13 was 13 or 14 now so it's, it's, seven yeah, it's, eight years ago i think it, we just had the seventh anniversary like yesterday or the day before yes yeah, so that would have been 14 so i was that i worked from home at the time and i was home the whole i just i was home lucky the whole you day. i didn't get well people say lucky me <laughs> but people have really like awesome snowmageddon stories and i got nothing Oh, I got like you've, you've got Snowmageddon FOMO. I kind of want my story of like you know I left my car on the interstate and hoofed it to the to when the you, Walmart and when, bought a phone charger and then I you know yeah I, I want, yeah CBS <laughs> yeah yeah I don't have any any fun any fun Snowmageddon stories and it's kind of the same thing. Like, I abandoned my car next to uh, Papacitos. You know everybody else has a funny. <laughs> I lost my scent, my taste and smell story. I want one too. <laughs> as long as it comes back, yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I read a story gross. about. I read. I read a story about um, uh, a couple that lived together, and the 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 girl lost her taste and smell, and the guy got really accustomed to farting around her. Oh, because because she could because it didn't because it didn't yeah. she didn't know. Yeah, and and if you had that if you had that kind of control of, over the volume, yeah, why not? Then her sense of smell came back. Oh, <laughs> honey, I'm sorry. Oh man, yeah. So that's a thing. But <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Uh, um, it's been bad at my house when I I, I wake up in the middle of the night and the uh, ceiling fan is on. Uh huh. That's that's my cue that something Jeez. that I something that I have eaten has produced some bad things, and that uh, well, you Allison know, I, is unhappy my about my it. girlfriend was um my girlfriend was shaming me. I think I think just yesterday because like the bathroom fan was on when she came over and she was like, "Why is your fan in the bathroom?" All-? Okay, so I'm gonna do an accent because she's not from around here. Oh, okay. I, I, well, if I it's accurate, then I think that's fine. Yeah, I can't repeat what she <laughs> what she says without it being. She's like, you know, why is why is your fan always on, Michael? Every time I come over, it's on, and I'm like, well, I I don't want you to smell what goes on in there, so I <laughs> I just kind of. Like you know, you get a constant negative pressure. I just kind of have it on, you know, and like I don't want you to know what goes on in there. (laughs) She's like, oh, (laughs) 
Yeah. At, uh, uh, at what point in the relationship do uh do do you want her to know what goes on in there? Never. I don't ever want her to know what goes on in there. Why? Why is that a? Why, th- at some point, what, it's that's the unavoidable. Point that that happens, that's, at the point that that happens, that's a failure on my part, not a planned advancement of the relationship. If, but if you're living together, it's, you can't help but have that happen. It's going no, to we're happen. Ga- no, no. We're gonna, I'm going to make sure we live somewhere where there's a bathroom that is my specific bathroom to poop in. Like your, ideally, your, your man cave bathroom that has a urinal ideally, installed. Ideally, it will be <laughs> that on she a never basement. goes in. <laughs> ideally, it will be on a basement level. There you go. That's away from, and that's, that's, you know, that's, that's dad's bathroom to poop in and no one, you know, everybody, everybody just leaves it alone. That's, well, that's, I think that's totally reasonable. That's uh that's very generous of you to, to you know, want to protect everyone else in the household. I just, you know, some stuff is, some stuff is a man's personal business. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I don't know. I don't need anybody else involved in what's going on here. Leave me alone. And you know when I've got, I've got a I've got a best friend that is very for whatever reason it's very important in his relationships that they that they use the bathroom in front of each other. It's just very his wife apparently like on the night of their first date. Now see now like, you're kicked, now you've he, swung completely in the opposite direction. The pendulum has gone from your yeah. extreme to the other extreme, and I'm yeah, I'm in the like, middle. He like kicks the door open right away and was like, open door policy. And if she didn't get scared <laughs> off, then he knew that was the one. And and he was okay. And he would he would tell me about this like one day you'll be in the kind of relationship where you can poop in front of each other. And I was like, bet I won't. <laughs> I bet that's not gonna become a thing. <laughs> I guess for some people, you know, yeah, that that makes sense. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. It's the lit, it's it. the litmus test, right? Me, I I just don't care. Like I'm I'm not I'm not gonna try to hide it, and I'm not gonna <laughs> rubber nose in it, so to speak. Yeah. Different different strokes for different folks, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Oh man. Yeah. So anyway, hoping to get COVID here before the end. Open the, and and I've gotten both my parents their first vaccine dose. Um, like the first, like I, I meant we, me and my sister managed to get them time oh. slots the first the first week they were doing them around here. Oh, that's good. So so they both got their first dose, and then in like sometime in February we got to get them their second dose, and then two weeks after that they should be good. And at that point, I no longer care about anybody else's grandmother. I'm done. <laughs> I don't. Your your elderly relatives are your, your responsibility. responsibility. If you haven't taken care of them by now, I'm no longer living for their sake after that point. <laughs> this was your responsibility. I've held up my end of the bargain with my family. Yeah. <laughs> At that point, I'm done. I'm out. Okay. I got to my mic is ma- making a note here. Check with parents. Status. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I actually have no idea. I I know that they're, you know, they're eligible. Well, they're out of, eligible. They're, they're, out, they're out of town, right? Yeah, they're up, they're up in uh, Wisconsin where they have a uh, a statewide mask mandate that uh, everybody's laughing about and not following. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> so are they? I mean, they can't enforce something like that, can they? I don't think so. I mean, if if it if it's like a decree from the crazy governor, yeah, like like uh, the crazy mayor tried to do here in Atlanta last year, yeah, and there's no, no actual no law. One, then yeah. it's not real, right? 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess everybody's wired a little bit differently, and I'm kind of wired in a way where it's like, well, this is the law, and it's like, well, are you, can you enforce that or not? Because if you can't, it's not really a law, is it? <laughs> like, it's not, you know what I mean? Like, it's not really. <laughs> it's like the, what is it, the law in Kennesaw about every everybody uh, must own a gun. Right, like, you know, I like that law, so I'm going to, you know, but how can, I appreciate how can you that enfor- law, but like, you, you can't go you, door to door and rifle through everybody's, you know, no, because that breaks other laws. That, right, <laughs> right. Like, you can't you you can't break a law to con- to confirm compliance with a with a, a newer law, right? Well, do you know do you know what the root of that law is? I I do you know the story I, behind I, it. I'm sure I've heard it, but I so don't it remember. goes way back. So so for those so for the listeners, we um, there's a town nearby um that in the general the, area of nurburg in the general area and, and and it's a very famous town you can google um um this i mean there's there's every now every time there's like a new gun control debate there's new stories written about this town but there's a law on the books in the in this city um and i say city it's like a it's like a little town it's suburb yeah it's yeah it's it's a little suburb city it's got a little um, main but, street area where the railroad comes through and the old brick buildings yeah. and all that fun stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. like you would expect there's a law on the books in this town that the law says every homeowner every head of household every homeowner in this town is required to own a firearm and ammunition um and the and it's always and everybody knows that about this town it's very you know it's very widely publicized and it's kind of a little a little niche gimmick of of this town um and so it's it's referred to as america's gun town and stuff like that and there's you know there's shooting ranges like there are in every other town and the root of that law goes back decades and it goes back to only decades. Um, I would think it would be no from like the old, the old West times. No, it, it's, no. it's like sometime in the, no, it was like in the, in the mid, mid to, you know, maybe like 1960s, 1970s, really? I believe. Oh, I thought, I thought well, it, what was, it, what uh, it was, I was going to guess it was like a militia type thing from, you know, no, back, back no, in no, the no. 1800s. No, it, it's, no, it's purely a posturing thing. What it is, um, <laughs> No, really, what it is, is um, there was a, another town elsewhere in America, in some other state, that was in the news because they banned, like, firearms in their town. They, they passed a town ordinance that was like, no guns. And there were a bunch of news stories being written about it, like, look at this, like, praising this town, like, they're taking a stand, blah, blah, blah. So Kennesaw, their response to that was to pass a law that said everyone must own a firearm. And it was meant to be a direct, a direct rebuttal, a direct rebuttal to these news stories. And that's the root of that law. That's the reason that it exists. It's purely political posturing. Okay. Now that's, and so, and so they don't like, like we've talked about, they don't go door to door and ensure that everybody does it, but it's still a law on the books. And that's the root of it. It's meant to be a rebuttal to other places that, that ban that's firearms that sounds familiar and, i think i think i have heard that story before i think i yeah. might have heard that story before from you on the show <laughs> i mean that's entirely possible when it's come up but I mean, yeah, I mean, episode, episode like, 100 and something yeah i think i added up at one point last early last year i remember on a little post-it note i went through um the Nerdburger website and like and like searched my name and figured out how many episodes I'd been on and it was like I was shocked at how many of the episodes I'd done. Yeah. It was like it was like 30. It was like a oh yeah. It was like a, a large number of episodes and I had no idea. I was still I would have guessed like 10 to 20 somewhere in there. And I kept writing it down and I was like, holy crap. 
Yeah, if we, if you're on every you know every every 10 11 12 weeks you're on five times a year times yeah i mean and it's and been, that's a and minimum I, I, I forget and it's how been many years it's it's been coming up on eight so that's and yeah I'm, i forget how many years it's been i really do but okay um, since since you brought it up i have a okay. i have i have a confession to make and and an apology to <laughs> to you and i i don't forgive you for anything <laughs> Not a, not, I don't forgive you for a damn thing. Well, that's okay. I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna tell you, um, and and we can we can cut this out of the episode if you want me to. But uh, so you were the first time you were on the show was at Andocon. Andocon was that the that was, was the that, was that the second big time Andocon or the it, first it, big no, time I, Andocon? It was the first big time Andocon. The original was? Andocon. The original Andocon was, was in Ando's smaller... house, right? Well, okay. So hang on. <laughs> it depends. I I think you're right. Andocon used to be like a weekend thing at Ando's house for just his friends. Oh, okay. and I don't know. How, I don't know how long that's my. I, if I'm remembering that right, and and they Andocon was like it was a joke. It's like it's our own little gaming con for me and my friends at my house. I think that's true. And then one year they were like, well, we can make this a thing, and they did. The first kind of Andocon con was in Kennesaw, actually. It was at, but it was at like a Days In. It was oh, at like a, okay. It was at like a Days In, and they had like three, I think they had three pretty small rooms. And it was pretty decent turnout for the amount of space they had. And then the, to me, the first big time Andocon was at that, um, that hotel in the city. With with By the, perimeter huge, the huge, yeah, the huge rooms and yeah. the huge, and they did like two or three there. Yeah. To me, the first big time Andocon was the first one at that big hotel. And yep. that was that was my first time on the show. You okay. guys were doing um doing that recording and, and you were bringing up people from the audio. I think yeah. that was one of the last ones you guys brought up too. Or it's, maybe I just left the room after I was <laughs> I think I was one of the last. <laughs> but I also won um I won yeah. a board game. Yeah, you I won, won a something. Copy of, of, um I guess it's not on these bookshelves right now, a copy of Chaos Chaosmos. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've, got I've never that. opened it. <laughs> I've literally never opened it. <laughs> I looked at the back and saw this is a more complicated game than I'm used to playing. <laughs> I've oh. never unwrapped it. <laughs> but yeah, that was that first big time Indocon. Yeah, I think that, that was, was such a different. That was such a different era of my life. Oh, I know. Yeah, that was like 2014, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That sounds about so, right. So we didn't know who you were. You were just. That loud, so sh- that loud guy who loud guy was barking, barking at room. us from the audience, and uh, and schmuck. you know, it turned out that uh, that we found out you were a friend of Ando's, and so mm-hmm. we're like, well, let's bring him up on the microphone, and then, then uh, you know, the rest is history. Mm-hmm. Well, so there's a there's a hidden story in here, and I think I can tell this now that uh, that we have killed off the the Craig character, or have oh, we? Um, that, that hurts my heart. <laughs> but uh, so. So at the we time should, we should have done a death angle for Craig on that his last episode. <laughs> we really should have done some kind of a Craig dies angle and leave it at that. Well, you didn't listen to it because we did. No, I was on that. I was on. I was on the yeah, end. Yeah, we it was Brady Bunch. Thing. It was. Uh, it was after the Zoom call. Oh really? Yeah. Oh. It's at, well, the, at the end of the episode. Show I'm not on. So yeah. <laughs> I don't think you're alone in that uh, <laughs> well anyway so um this is like this like i said this is 2014 i don't remember what time they were i'm just gonna say it was the summer so we've been doing sure. the show for about a year mm-hmm. and all of the people who were um 
our original in-studio guests at the time, which are most, mm-hmm. most of the people that we st- still have. But, um, you know, I knew them, Craig knew them. If I didn't know them, like Ando, for instance, like Craig mm-hmm. met Ando at some game night thing somewhere. Yeah. And had known him for a while leading up to that first AndoCon, and we actually had him on the show a couple of times before AndoCon, but Craig vouched for him. Like, here's this guy mm-hmm. that I've known for, like, a year, and he's cool, and, you know, can can he come over to your house? And and uh, and I was <laughs> like, yeah, sure, that's fine. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, I mean, I wasn't, I was fine with the people who were coming over. Well, then we go and we record this episode at AndoCon on location, and uh, we meet all these new people, and I don't know, I don't remember exactly what happened, but Craig went rogue <laughs> and contacted you and invited uh-huh. you to come on the show without talking to me. Well, this was my memory, is that, is that <laughs> he reached out to me and said, would you be interested in, in coming on the show sometime? Yeah. And I responded like, yeah, sure, that sounds like fun. And then afterwards, um, he explained to me that... Um, Basically, he and I he and I played board games at the Raven's Nest. Is like what happened. Like he like Ando was having, maybe it was Ando was having it like a, a game day at, at the Raven's Nest, uh, which which is, for the listeners is like a Magic the Gathering type of nerd game card store with like tables and open open play on the weekends. And so we all got together, and, and I remember playing board games with Craig. And I remember that my understanding was that we needed to like we needed to like hang out before I got invited over this to his friend's house was that he, he like, I think he explained that to me was like, okay. You know, it was like, we record at Mike's house. And so we, we kind of have to vet people a little bit. So are you going to be at this thing on Saturday? And I remember me and me and Craig, I remember specifically playing board games with Craig thinking like, I hope I don't sing weird. <laughs> this is like this, some kind of like an interview or something. I, I clearly remember that. And then and then Craig pulled me into a playtest for Murders and Acquisitions that, that we played at the Ravens Nest for four weeks. That was a lot of fun. But I, I specifically remember before my first episode, we had to go play board games together. Before, <laughs> well, I think I think that was after the the. Did you say that he emailed you about it or whatever? Yeah, like he sh- he sent me an email that was like, you know, hey, would you be interested in coming on the show sometime? I was like, yeah, yeah. sure, sounds like fun. Yeah. So then, so he sent you that email, and then he told me, oh, by the way, I invited loud guy michael on to come on the show <laughs> as a guest that i was like you mean that that random guy that we just met uh-huh. <laughs> at andocon yeah. who we don't know what? so what so <laughs> you what invited him over to my house and it was it had nothing to, this is the apology i'm sorry michael because i didn't know you it really had nothing to do with you <laughs> really well, it was it was me putting my foot down with craig <laughs> Uh huh. Like, dude, it's well, my house. You don't well, just invite random well, people over wanna, to my you wanna, house. You want to, you want to, you want to st- stem the tide of random strangers getting invited to your house <laughs> yeah. by well, someone that also doesn't live at the house. Yes, <laughs> I definitely get you want you want to stem that tide. So you got to put your foot down somewhere. I see. I I have a different. Um, like I started, you know, we've talked about my wrestling meetup group on the show before, which has yeah. kind of taken a hiatus during the pandemic, but. Like everything, like, like one of the first things I did when I had my own apartment that was my own place was I like put my address on the internet, invite strangers over to come in and <laughs> watch wrestling and hang out with my friends. You did it's like one of the first things I did, 
And and so what was what in your mind, what was the concern? Was I going to come over and steal things or was I going to come over and steal your wife or was I going to come <laughs> over and, and was I going to poop on the floor? What was the. Did you have to make sure I was house trained? It what was, was the specific didn't fear. Have, there was <laughs> no specific fear. That's that's my point. Is it didn't have uh, anything to do with you, right? It was it was Craig inviting yeah. people over without checking with me first. Like, dude, this right. is this is my house and Allison's. You know, yeah, man, yeah. Well, I remember I, I remember that, and it's interesting to hear your side of all that because I've never given it two thoughts. I thought it was oh, perfectly good. reasonable. <laughs> I was like, I was like, well, I am a random person. Not not anymore. But but it does make me laugh that like the way of vetting me was like, we're going to go play board games and we're going to, I feel like in Craig's world, like he can tell everything he knows about someone by playing board games with them. He can like, he has a golden heart. I know. Well, and that's, and that's, we have played, we, we, we we have played pandemic together. I know we have played, you know, we have. Is that a game or is that a? a yeah, it was. It was. Um, it was you know, we have. Because that's played, a real thing now. We we have we have played the Marvel deck builder together. I okay, have seen his go. heart. It is pure. Yeah. Well, that and that was that was that's the great thing about Craig as I pointed out yeah. to him. Hey, what are you doing here, man? And then he went and he the pendulum swung completely the opposite right. direction, and he, you know, implemented a uh, multi-week, you know, vetting process. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> complex vetting process involving many many games well, I, and meetups at Thrave. well i remember i remember we played we played board games and then like a month went by before i got the invite to come on the show and i remember thinking like i wonder if i scared <laughs> i wonder if i did something weird during the board games this year no that's <laughs> just the that's just the, the scheduling oh man well schedule I, I, I the am, scheduling I am, schedule I am, the schedule of scheduling that's just the, t- the, uh, the timing it's once once a month well, I, I am i am glad that i made it through the rigorous <laughs> vetting process and <laughs> very happy to have your friendship now <laughs> as am i i pro i promise not to invite any strangers over to your house well, without having you. to play board games with them first that's that was not the point of uh me telling you that story <laughs> but i'm glad that you you gleaned that yeah it's like i picked up on <laughs> So for future guest hosts, if you want to come on the show, <laughs> what well, I have a copy of Chaosmos I've never opened, and we can sit down and play it. <laughs> you want and to come on the show in the future. And if you forget your copy, I've got one here. There Somewhere. you go. Yeah. Gosh, that was such a long time ago now. Oh, I know. Man. That was the I, I for, 2014. Oh, well, that's, that's 2014 twice now with Snowmageddon and... Yeah. Uh, that I forget how I forget how long this um this post college part of my life has gone on for. There's a part of it that still feels like I was just in college like four years ago, and it's been like over ten. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I I get how you can have like the uncool dad thing. Yeah, because wow, time does fly, and you really don't yeah. feel like a middle aged guy when you are. I and and I remember um, after my 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 last relationship before the one I'm in now, I had like a six year gap um, where I worked on me, you know, worked on (laughs) fixed what was going on with me in here, you know. Um, But I remember that relationship had gone on for three years. I guess it started in like 2010, 2011, and she was the the one that was with you at Andocon, right? Yeah, yeah, that was our last year. We were on the rocks. It wasn't going well. Oh. <laughs> I, kinda, I felt like that year I knew it was not going well. 
Wait, that's um, thank the, God that's I had the, the podcast to, to say. Is, is, was she the tire change in the Taco Bell parking lot at one thirty in the morning? Yes, that oh, was her. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a great story. And that was. <laughs> yeah, man, that and I, I haven't talked to her. I haven't talked to her since. Um, <laughs> um but I, I, I'm told that, yeah, I'm told that she had an engagement fall through and, and oh, I, 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 you know, hope bad. for the best for her. Hope she's doing well. Um, it's, but it's nice of you to say that. I, rem- I remember when that relationship started in 2011, 2010, 2011, and then I'm single again in 2014 during that window is where the app stuff started. That's where like the 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 swiping left oh, and right okay. started. Sure. So I got so I got spit out back in the dating scene in like 2014, and and, and it I, had and, completely and changed. Like I'm too old for this. Like, <laughs> now, I, that was my first kind of part. My first, the first part of my life where I was like, oh, I'm too old for what's going on now. Understood. Gotcha. Time, time has passed me by over these last three years. Yeah. While I was while I was out out of the scene. <laughs> <laughs> And and since then it's been a steady stream of things I'm too old for. I keep running across. I keep, and I don't think of myself as, as some middle aged guy, but I guess I am. You know, I still think I still think of myself as like fresh out of college. You're you're less middle aged than I am. I'm I'm, I'm mid thirties. I mean, I'm you know I'm older than I think I am. Mid forties. Yeah, I mean, you, but you don't feel mid forties, do you? No, that's like 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 I was yeah. saying. Yeah, it it seems mm. like uh, you know five years ago. Yeah, like when was the, I, I, I'm trying to think when was the last time I really felt my age? Because when I was in college, I was such a conservative, right leaning guy that I felt older than I was. <laughs> and now I'm like middle aged and I feel younger than I actually am. <laughs> you know, like I had a lot of friends in retirement when I was in my 20s. Like I had a lot, of, a lot of friends that were like later in life and get ready to retire. And now I'm in my now I'm in you know in my mid 30s and I got friends in my 20s and I'm like I'm too old for to hang out with you. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> yeah, it's never it's never people of the same age. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. It's weird. It's weird. And then I got friends that like feel older than me because they got married in their mid 20s and now they feel like to me they might as well be 50. Yeah, because they've been, they've been married for 10 years already and it's like what is that like? <laughs> like <laughs> what is you're clearly older than I am. <laughs> Do you, do you want to know? <laughs> uh, not really. I'll get there. I'll figure it out. But man, time passes us by. And then this past year has felt like a decade. I mean, every, every day has felt like a month, you know, for part, for part of the last year. Yep. Time has no meaning. You know? Honestly, if I could go back a year and put every dime I have in Zoom. <laughs> I mean, what a different yeah. life I would be leading today. <laughs> Has it gone up that much? I don't know. Surely it has. I don't even know. I don't even know if you can buy stock in Zoom. I was, I I was yeah, it's I was just, wondering were they even publicly traded back then, or are they even now? I have no I, idea. I don't know. I, I got fifteen shares of GameStop. Wait and see what happens. So. Yeah, what's that about? Is it is so? That, it's it's really wild, man. It's, is is um, this news? Is is what? Is this news? Yeah, sure. This can be news. What's news, Michael? So it's really wild that, that it's just kind of hit. Um, it kind of st- it really started building up two weeks ago. And then this past week, it really hit critical mass in terms of, um, of, of the meme of it all. But essentially, there is a, there's a subreddit, for those familiar with Reddit, called Wall Street Bets. 
Okay. And I, I've known about, I've known it's existed for a while. Um, and it, it's essentially a Reddit where they, they talk about very strange investing strategies and they lose a lot of money. <laughs> it's not, it's not, it's not the, it's not r slash stocks. It's not r slash investing. It's r slash wall street bets. And they, and yeah. they bet like it's gambling and, and, uh-huh. yeah. and they, and, and when they have huge losses, they take screenshots of it and post it and they all get in there and comment on each other's losses. And it's, it's a, it's a community built around losing 99 times and then winning big once. <laughs> okay. That's the whole thing. And one second, got to plug, got to plug in the cell phone. Uh Oh, thank God. Apple was so brave to remove the headphone port. There we go. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, wait, hang on. Hang on. Okay, can you still hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Awesome. So it's called Wall Street Bets. And it has ballooned from, say, 600,000 members up to like 6.7 million over the last couple weeks. So essentially, you can figure out they found something that that is big, right? This is the one. This is the 1%. Yeah. Yeah, so this is what has been figured out. There's a thing in investing called um, short selling. Yep, I'm, I've heard of this. Okay, so for the so for but the go ahead the and explain it. Yeah, it's it's not. So, well, yeah, and, it's kind of complicated. And, and, and I and I should say first off, this is not investment advice. This is not. I'm not a financial advisor, <laughs> and, and you should not do anything that I'm saying you should do. Do not but, listen to this man. Right, exactly, but. <laughs> But short listen, selling the way it's been the way. But hear the words that he is saying. <laughs> the way it's been explained to me that makes the most sense to me is, um, there are apes who are selling bananas. Okay. And bananas and bananas are worth um, bananas are worth ten bucks. Some snakes come along. Okay, I gotta. And I gotta write bar- now. So some apes, snakes come along. Bananas, snakes. Yeah. Okay. Some snakes come along and borrow a bunch of bananas. Okay. And they sell them for 10 bucks each. The snakes are betting what they're doing. They're betting that later on and they, and they agree to, they agree to um, buy back the stocks at a later date. Bananas. The the bananas at a later date. (laughs) They're what the, what the snakes are doing is they're wagering that when it comes time for them to buy the bananas back, the bananas will be worth less than $10. Okay. I have a question. So they, so they, one one second. So they borrow a bunch (laughs) of bananas, they sell them for 10 bucks and they're wagering that at the point in time where they agree to buy them back, they can buy them back for say $7. Okay. And then they, and then they return the bananas that they borrowed and they keep the extra $3 difference. Okay. Or whatever it is. That's the whole concept is there. They're wagering that when it comes time for them to buy to, to return the bananas, they can buy them back for less than they sold them for originally. Okay. Can I ask my question? So wa- yeah, go for it. Is this what happens at the end of trading places? Assume that trading places was before my time. The movie trading places with Dan Aykroyd and, uh, and, uh, Eddie Murphy and, uh, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Holy crap. You've not seen trading places. No, but I have seen the movie The Big Short and didn't understand anything that happened. Because <laughs> I never understood, I never understood how the hell that the whole thing that they, the scheme that they do at the end of Trading Places worked. But I think it's this. I think it's this uh, apes and bananas and and snakes. Not to be uh, uh, confusing um, with the ape that was in Trading 
places yeah. or the guy in the ape suit <laughs> that was so in training place. So let's bring the metaphor into the real world. <laughs> all right. So in this metaphor, the apes with the bananas are um, their companies that are doing poorly are kind of on the decline. Okay. The snakes are hedge funds. So the hedge funds are coming in and they're, they're, they're taking out shares of companies they think are going to fail. And they're wagering that those companies are, and, and in many ways, by making this wager and taking these shares out, they're helping the business decline. They're kind of, for, they're, they're forcing failing companies to fail further. Or faster. Or faster. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what has happened is um, someone figured out that not one hedge fund, but one main hedge fund heavily, heavily, heavily shorted GameStop's stock. And basically the internet, you know, centering on this Wall Street bets community, they've all figured out if we all buy GameStop's stock, we can drive the price of the stock up. Okay. And if we drive the price of the stock up and hold the stock and don't sell it, when these hedge funds reach the point that they have to buy the stock back when they reach their deadline, where they have to buy the stock instead of buying it back for less than they paid for it, which might've been five bucks a share when they bought it. If we drive the price up, they have to buy the stock we're holding back for hundreds of dollars. So that the... really they, they have to buy it back for whatever we can drive the price up to. Right. So this is just, this is a way to screw with the hedge funds. Exactly. They think they, they they think they figured out a way to back these hedge funds into a corner where the hedge funds are going to be required to buy all this stock back. And because they're going to be forced to, they're going to have to buy it back at a sky high rate. OK. And, and so what, ex- what exactly is the motivation here? They don't like the hedge funds for some reason. Well, it kind of started as as um, as a just like I think. Well, here's the thing. The, I think in the beginning. Just dealing with Wall Street bets, it's a money-making thing. It's like, hey, we can make a lot of money if we do this. We can take it from the hedge funds. I think that the meme of this has grown to the point where a bunch of people with with a different agenda have gotten on board. And for a lot of people, it's turned into screwing hedge funds. It's turned into it's turned into let's screw these giant companies that are screwing with the economy and that maybe back in 2008, they foreclosed on my parents house or this and that. Okay. Now it's become a form of revenge. But because so many people have jumped in, there's there's possibly multiple reasons why people are doing this now. Yeah. And so essentially, um, there's so much. And, and part of the, the way short selling works is they can actually have they can act, there can be more stocks that are on the line for than actually exist. Because of the way short selling works, they're they're apparently on the they're on the, the these hedge funds are apparently um, they're they're committed to like 122 percent of the actual stocks that exist in the first place. Wow, it's way over leveraged. And so one thing, and so but you know these hedge funds are not going to just go down quietly, right? They're not just going to quietly let everybody drive the price up to say four hundred dollars and then buy fifty million shares at four hundred dollars a share and lose, you know, billions and billions of dollars, right? They're not just going to let that happen. They're going to do whatever they can to prevent that from happening. Exactly. So this, and, and this really kicked off um, in a lot of ways this past Thursday. Um, uh, this past Thursday, the main app that a lot of these, of, of these, and the, the, the internet people, they call them retail investors. They're kind of day-to-day regular guys. They call them retail investors. Okay. And the, the main platform these retail investors were using to buy all these stocks is this app called Robinhood. Okay, so, Robinhood is the app. Robinhood is the app. 
Robin Hood is, and by the way, there's there's some kind of a charitable organization called that's two words Robin Hood, and they're different from one word Robin Hood, which is the app. And just to clarify that, because there's apparently been some confusion, and there's been some flack going to this charitable organization that they don't deserve. <laughs> but one word Robin Hood, the app. Um, essentially, on Thursday, right as the markets opened, they restricted everybody's ability to buy GameStop stock. Everybody's right, right at nine thirty. Everybody on the app, right when, right at nine thirty when trading started. And so, what a bunch of people had set up was like orders that, as soon as the market opens, buy this number of shares automatically. Well, Robinhood went in and canceled all of that, and they basically removed everybody's ability to buy the stock, but not their ability to sell the stock. Okay. And, so they uh, came in and said, listen, you can't keep buying it and screwing these hedge funds over, but if you want to sell your stock back to the hedge funds, we'll allow you to do that. That that, that seems like that would be um, not legal. Well, that is the point at which a bunch of politicians have gotten involved in the promised congressional hearings because it's apparently very illegal. But because there's billions of dollars hanging in the balance, they're being kind of blatant about it. They're being kind of blatant about it because no one's really going to stop them. There's tens of billions of dollars hanging in the balance. They're doing it broadly right out in the open um, because they just don't care. They're not going to lose tens of billions of dollars. And if they have if some people have to go to jail in the end to, you know, to prevent all this from happening, then they're willing to do that. So right out in the open, they're, they're manipulating the market, which is very illegal. So wait, so um, the, is this the hedge funds pressuring this Robinhood people, uh, yes. app, the people that yes. don't own or run this app? Yep. And they, it's, and it's, they, uh, it, well, that, well, hang on. That's, that is the, that is the going explanation. Oh, okay. It's, okay. It's we don't, hedge funds. we don't know for sure, is, but that's likely the likely explanation. Yeah. One way that these platforms monetize themselves is, is they sell your data yeah. and they usually sell it. They sell it to large, you know, say large hedge funds about, you know, at what point people buy and at what point people are willing to sell. So these hedge funds, you know, and in some ways, these hedge funds are customers of these platforms like Robinhood. So there's absolutely they think there's absolutely pressure um, on the on platforms. And so month, so Thursday morning, everybody's trying to buy GameStop stock and they can't buy it through Robinhood. And maybe they have all their money tied up in Robinhood. So they can't go anywhere else. Yeah. So then it turns into, you know, well, what platforms will it will TD Ameritrade let us buy stock? Will E-Trade let us buy stock? Will Fidelity let us buy stock? And so then there's a mad rush Thursday morning to open accounts with all these other platforms because the stock is shooting up. Yeah. The stock is shooting up to like $400. Another thing that happened is that apparently several weeks ago, the joke in Wall Street bets, the meme was to set your your sell limit. You can you can automatically set orders that when a when a stock reaches a certain price, it'll automatically buy X number of shares or sell X number of shares. So apparently the meme in this community a few weeks ago was to set your limit order that when the stock hits $420.69 to sell all your shares. That was the joke. But then Thursday, the, the price started to hit it. The price topped 400 and went up towards 420. And suddenly in these Reddit threads, everyone starts jumping in these Reddit threads going, cancel your limit orders, cancel your sell orders, cancel, cancel. So the price hit 420.69 and a large number of shares automatically sold. Yeah. And then that, and then that, you know, that, that dragged the price back down. And so the price is going up and down. So now they're saying, we're not selling until it hits 10,000 a share. <laughs> they're saying no more limit orders, no more. We're riding this rocket ship straight to the moon. So they've abandoned their their previous uh, joke limit that yes. was just a high number that was funny. 
because well, this weed is, and this, jobs. Is what it's turned, this is what it's turned into. <laughs> the hedge fund's way out of this whole mess is to scare people into selling their shares so the price comes down. And so that the price drops right before all of these deadlines hit, all of these, all of these short or all of these shorts come due, right? So one way that they've been doing the last couple of days is the large head funds have been sh- doubling down by share by selling these short shares back and forth to each other, selling large numbers up to other hedge funds, and then those other hedge funds sell them back to the first hedge fund at a slightly lower price each time in large quantities rapidly. Is to that... drive the price of the stock down. Okay. They're hoping in doing that, that people, you know, retail investors like you or me see the price go down and go, oh, crap, the price is dropping. Sell my shares real quick. I don't want to lose anymore. I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and, and, and guess that, uh, that that what you just described sounds like uh, that should be illegal, too. Well, it's, it's considered market <laughs> manipulation. Right. Yeah. It, pro- it, probably, it probably is illegal. I don't, again, I'm not a financial advisor. It probably is illegal. But I think what's more likely to happen is that Congress swings into action real quick and makes it so no one can ever do this again. And so, so, that, so that retail investors can never organize this way again. I'd, I'd be surprised if, this, if, this, if, they, if the hedge funds ever let themselves get into this position again, period. So they're, but their way out is to try to scare people. So they've been manipulating the market. They've been trying to drive the price down. They call them, um, they call them price ladders to like drop the price. And then it comes back up. Then they drop it again by trading back and forth. And you can look at the volumes of trades and see it's huge numbers of trades spaced apart in the same amount at a slightly lower price each time. That's how people have figured out that's what they're doing. Yeah. But if they can drive the price down and scare people into sharing, you know, selling their shares, then the price comes down and they can get those shares back at a lower price. Like and they, then, and they the, originally and potentially planned, save yeah. themselves. Yeah. So the so now the drive of Wall Street bets of this whole community is to convince everybody not to sell. Hold, hold your shares. Hold, just hold them. Doesn't matter what happens. Doesn't matter how high it gets. The longer you hold these shares, the more you're screwing these hedge funds. Because apparently these hedge, fund, the hedge funds are on the hook for interest payments on all, on all of this stuff that's going up every day. Like billions of dollars a day in interest. They, they, every day that they don't close out these shorts. Right, because they borrowed initially. Exactly. So originally, people were saying that there were there were enough of these shorts coming due yesterday, Friday. That yes, and what they what they call all of this of the price going up, and at the same time that the shorts have to be settled, and all this money, basically all these billions of dollars transferring from the hedge funds to retail investors, they call it a short squeeze. And they thought the short squeeze was due to hit yesterday because apparently there's a bunch of shorts that that were coming due yesterday. Apparently, because of all the manipulation that happened on Thursday, they've been able to push it out. Like the only reason that this didn't happen yesterday is that the hedge funds prevented it from happening, probably illegally. So now they're saying, hold them into next week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, hold them, just hold them. And so it's also turned into people that are, that are, are up, like, say, millions of dollars are taking screenshots of, of, say, their apps or their platforms that show, hey, I'm up 10 million, I'm up 10,000 percent over what I put in. I'm worth $10 million right now. Yeah. And they're posting that to Wall Street Bets and saying, hey, I'm still holding. If I'm still holding with this much money, so can you. Yeah. And so it's turned into this big, this big um, um, sort of communal effort of encouraging everybody, like, we're all holding together. If we all hold, we win. The only way you lose is if you sell. It doesn't matter if you bought it at five bucks and now it's worth 300 and you can sell and make millions of dollars. If you hold, it's going to go higher. Yeah. 
because the the risk these hedge funds there's it's an unlimited risk to these hedge funds. The price can go. There's no limit to how high the price can go, and they're going to be forced. They think they're going to be forced to buy these shares at whatever the price is. And so that's what's that that's essentially what's going on. Over the last couple of days, it kind of hit critical mass. And everybody started jumping in and they're saying, listen, if you jump, some of us jumped in at five bucks, but if you jump in at 300 a share, if we drive the price to a thousand or 10,000, it doesn't matter. You know, you're still, you can still make a boatload. The reality is I'm sure a lot of people are going to lose a lot of money in this. A lot of, I'm sure a lot of people are going to be left holding the bag when this is all over. Yeah. Like, like me, if I were to try to jump in right now and yeah, but, but so the one, <laughs> wait, guy... how much is a banana? <laughs> Well, that's too, and that's because that's part of the meme of everybody encouraging everybody to hold is the is from the Planet of the Ape remake movies, Apes Together Strong. Oh, okay. <laughs> they're, they're all jumping in and saying, "Apes Together Strong." If we all hold, we're strong. Everybody hold, and um, and and they're all saying, and it's saying, if you can buy more, buy more, and drive the price up higher. And that's part of the reason that apps like Robinhood and some of these other platforms are limiting that you can buy the stock because they're trying to limit the amount of money coming into the stock to keep the price from going up higher, which means there's still a ton of retail money trying to get in Yeah, that they have to limit. So that's kind of that's kind of what's going on. And we'll see over the next you know week how, if they've been able to push this short squeeze from triggering if they pushed it out, how far they pushed it out. There's people saying, I'm not even I'm not trying to sell at the peak. I'll I'll. I'll ride this thing all the way down. There's people saying, listen, you know, I, I could pull up the, the subreddit and read you off comments of people that are like, you know, last night I, I, I got home from work. I, I got drunk and I watched anime till midnight. And if I lose all the gains I made on this, I'm going to do the same thing tomorrow. Yeah. So I don't care <laughs> if I lose everything. It doesn't matter. It doesn't change my life at all. And there's people worth millions of dollars that are like, I don't care if I don't care if I get out when it's worth, you know, five million instead of 10 million. The longer I hold it, the worse it is for the hedge funds and screw those guys. So they think like up until Thursday, the, the general vibe in this community was like, this is a wild ride and we're all going to ride it together. But after Thursday morning, it shifted to like, this is war. <laughs> now we're going to war and screw those guys. And I don't care if I lose at all, as long as I take them down with me. So they were, they were, they were just trying to have fun. And then, and the hedge funds panicked yeah. al- allegedly the hedge, the hedge and manipulated stuff in the background, allegedly. And just now, instead of having fun, they're, um, they're out for blood. The hedge funds <laughs> pissed off the internet. Yeah. The internet was having fun, and then the internet got pissed off. You don't want to piss off the internet. And so now it's a war between the Wall Street, between Wall Street and the internet. We'll see who wins. <laughs> but you know, I mean, these guys on this Reddit, I mean, they're they're and I, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna use some language that some people aren't gonna like, and I'm only using it because it's it's the motto of this community. Their motto is "We can stay retarded longer than they can stay solvent." <laughs> Which means even if we're making bad investments, we can do it longer than they can stay in business. And that's their motto. Their motto is, you know, their motto is you doubt how dumb we are. You, you think we're going to try to make wise investing decisions and we're not. We're going to make dumb ones because it's going to hurt you. Yeah. It's really fascinating to watch. And so I jumped in. I bought 15 shares. I didn't put anything in. I can't afford to lose. If I lose it all, that's fine. But it's been interesting to like watch my 15 shares go up and down. And, and GameStop's not the only one. There's like three or four stocks they figured out are short sold that are also mixed up in this amc is one of them the movie theaters bed bath and beyond is one of them nokia is one of them they're still around Uh, and so they're all kind of wrapped up in the same way and if you if you look at 
the NASDAQ, like the stock market graphs of these four stocks and overlay them on top of each other over the last week, they're almost identical. In terms of the price going up or going down, it's almost identical because all the it's the same people buying and selling these stocks. But the the GameStop one is the one that's getting all the attention. The GameStop one is the whale. That's the big one. Yeah. You know, so they were saying that, you know, going into yesterday, the hedge funds really needed to drive the price down to like under $115. And the internet really needed to drive it up past 300 or 320 and it closed at 325. Yep. So we'll see what happens. You know? Right now, the internet is winning. Go I internet. Have, I, have, I have 15 <laughs> shares of GameStop and 50 shares of AMC, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> you know? And honestly, and I was talking to some of my friends, like I have two friends that we're, you know, we have a group chat, the three of us, and those two guys are really into stocks. They're really into investing, and they talk about stocks. I have no idea what they're talking about. But I was, I was talking to them this week, and I was like, listen, you guys know more about the stock market, hands down. But I know a lot more about Reddit. <laughs> and so I'm betting that CNBC and the Wall Street Journal and these things that you guys follow, I'm betting they're wrong. And I'm betting they don't understand what I understand, which is that these guys on the Internet are not going to sell this stock. Right. They're going to they're going to hold it no matter what. That's my wager. And I think <laughs> I'm, we're going to find out if I'm right or if you guys are right. Riding the rocket ship to 10,000. Exactly. That's, and that's the whole thing. And so, and you know, these people love Elon Musk. Elon Musk keeps tweeting in favor of this thing. Like Ja Rule weighed in. Thank God we know where Ja Rule stands on this <laughs> on Twitter this week. <laughs> ja Rule came in and said this oh. was illegal. And these people need to, you know, the, and these hedge funds need to go oh, to jail. Good. Cause I was concerned. But, and, and, and I mean, <laughs> it's sort of, it's sort of a populist uprising thing. I mean, there, it's sort of this game, the GameStop rebellion in a way. Like if you look at, the political figures that are, are are all on the same side now, like AOC, Rashida Tlaib, Ted Cruz, and Ben Shapiro are all on the same side of this thing, <laughs> which is such a weird, imagine that three months ago. Yeah. Talk about your uh, pendulum swing extremes. Yeah. It's really, we're going to break this pendulum. pendulum. <laughs> and there's still people trying to, trying to jump into this thing. There's, there's still it's just to be a part of it, if nothing else, you know, I mean, if they buy one stock at 300, if it does go to 10,000, yeah, you know, that's wild, man. So we'll see. I mean, even if it goes, if it goes, you know, to 500, a lot of people are going to make a lot of money. And there's one guy, the one guy on the subreddit that, that started this whole thing that like figured out the value of GameStop and like kind of led the way it was this one guy. I'm not going to, his, his Reddit username is deep effing value. Deep his effing they call, they, value. You know, they, call, they, call, they call him DFV. Okay. And he's got a YouTube channel. So not, um, not Diane von Furstenberg. No, 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 no. DFV, um, deep effing value. Um, and, 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 and I'm, and I'm censored. That's not, I'm, I'm, I'm censoring it. It's, it's what you think it is. It's his Reddit username. And every day he's worth, he's, he's worth like $30 million. I mean, he started buying it like five, $5 a share years ago. He, every day at the end of trading, he posts to Reddit his like current screenshot of his current portfolio on GameStop. And every day he's posting it and showing like, I'm still in. He's like, I'm, I'm worth millions of dollars. I'm still not selling this stock. So everyone's jumping into the Reddit saying, if he's still in, I'm still in. If he's still in, I'm still in every day. If he's still in, I'm, st I'm not selling until he sells. So CNBC docks this guy this week. And he's a dude that lives, you know, he lives in, in, in a normal house. He's not, he's not a stockbroker. He's not on Wall Street. He sits in a gaming chair at a desk in his basement. 
with an orange bandana on <laughs> and like apparently controls the stock market. <laughs> like, <laughs> and so because CNBC docks him and reports are showing up outside of his house, he did an interview with Wall Street Journal yesterday. And they did this whole, and you can go to, you can go to the Wall Street Journal and read this. It's just this whole story of this guy. And he's sitting there at his computer with an orange bandana on <laughs> worth 30, 30 some odd million dollars. Just, just from, just from following this particular investment strategy. It's fascinating stuff. Wow. It's really fascinating. I'm just, I'm shocked. I, you know, i I was hearing bits and pieces of this on right. the radio like yesterday morning and the mm-hmm. people who were talking about it didn't didn't know you know they were like me they didn't have any idea they're like so how's the shorting stocks thing work well and that's and so <laughs> they're just reading know, the news my, copy and you know trying to make know, sense of it my two friends that understand you know that, that understand stocks and understand you know the the that read the wall street journal all that like i was kind of explaining to them what was going on because they there's this whole piece of this there's this whole internet culture piece of this that like the stockbroker that, that like wall street's missing i think that cnbc is missing that that they don't they don't fully grasp it and it doesn't really make sense to them because it's just all, and that's my way into this one because i i understand it yeah. and that's kind of my my little way into this world and they're telling me like that's kind of how you get into investing like you have something you understand and then you kind of ride that into you know into understanding certain things about the market so and so how powerful are are these these hedge funds or uh, the people who are allied with these hedge funds who want to see, see this uh, thing turn out in favor of the hedge funds? Are they going to be able to? Uh, they've you said they've already doxed this one guy in Texas. Mm-hmm. Are they going to be able to Oops. shut down the subreddit? Are they going to be able to shut down people's Twitter? Censor they've people? already shut down. So the subreddit had a Discord server that was their official discord and they've already they already managed to shut that down there's some there's certain there's like wall street tight there's wall street entities that own pieces of discord and and they they shut the discord down for for quote-unquote hate speech <laughs> so the discord already got shut down the subreddit i don't think the subreddit has been taken down but the mods of the subreddit made it private a time or two and everybody's freaked out because yeah. they think the subreddit is taken down there's um so and 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 that's one thing they're all saying is like listen in, in the subreddit they're all posting saying if this subreddit goes down still don't sell like <laughs> if the subreddit goes down we're all still holding. <laughs> right? But part of the reason that the subreddit's ballooned, the users of it has ballooned up to like six or seven million is that now all of Wall Street is following this thing. So now Wall Street, there's like shills in the subreddit going in and posting about like hey we should sell and here's why, and then under the comments under it are real Wall Street best users that are all like. So what you're saying is buy more, buy more GameStop stock and hold it. Understood. Like I'm not paying attention to you because you're not one of us. Yeah. <laughs> I even saw this morning over the weekend because you have to like, now the strategy is going to be to like cool things down over the weekend and for Wall Street to, to try to, to still try to scare people into selling their shares, right? Or convince them this is as high as the price is going to go so that they'll sell. So now there's people in certain cities, just regular Joes like you and me, taking out billboards, like maybe selling a couple of shares and using that money to take out billboards and posting like on the billboards on the interstate, like we're still holding and then a bunch of emojis that are from the, <laughs> like they have, they call themselves, they call people that sell, they get scared and sell. They say they have paper hands and that the real wall street best guys have diamond hands. And so they have a, a diamond <laughs> emoji and a hands emoji. And they say that no matter what we hold the stock with our diamond hands, so there's these billboards going up that says we're still holding and like hand and diamond emojis. <laughs> I saw, t- I've seen two screenshots of it 
this morning and people are saying like, well, how much did that cost? And they're like, it only costs 20 bucks a day. Really? So now there's more billboards going up in more cities because regular guys are figuring out they can go to a website and set up a design and automatic and, and digitally, you know, buy space on one of those digital billboards that, that, that changes, yep. you know, and put them up on, on interstates, like, you know, uh, dollar sign GME, we're still holding diamond, you know, diamond in hand and put them up all <laughs> over town. It's wild stuff, man. It's absolutely wild. Crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's in, and, yeah, there's no <laughs> the digital I mean, billboard I mean, it's, thing. It's wel- welcome to 2021. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, and there's probably no one. And I'm, I imagine factors in this are, you know, maybe a bunch of a bunch of people bored at home. They can't go to work, and then they get a check from the government, and someone tells them, "Hey, you can really screw these people over if you take a little bit of that check and put it in this stock." And they're like, "Deal. That's yeah. fine." <laughs> you know what I mean? I th- that's probably a factor. There's. <clears throat> Certainly populism energy on the right and the left is getting involved in it. There's old Occupy Wall Street type from like 2008 that are, <laughs> are on board with this because they hate, you know, and then there's just regular Joes that are like, hey, th- this is really weird situation, but this stock is going to go sky high. So you should buy it. And there's people getting involved doing that, too. I mean, it's it's and that and I'm one of those guys. I'm one of those guys. It's like it's like I understand Reddit. I just kind of want to be a part of this and see what happens. So what is uh? Occupy Wall Street. <laughs> well, they're calling this the second occupation of Wall Street. They're, they're, there's people that are saying this is like the next phase of like people that really hate Wall Street, really hate the hedge funds. This is the next way they figured out to fight. And what they're, I mean, essentially, it's the regular people coming together and figure and figuring out how to beat the hedge funds at the own at the game that they've been playing. So, do you know what? what the end game is for this? Like, um, what are the, what are the signs? I'm assuming everybody holds until they know for mm-hmm. sure that until, these until, deadlines until the, until on the they, shorts have passed. Until they triggered, they trigger this squeeze is what they're hoping. How do they know that that's happened? There, there are, there's are certain signs they're saying that, that you look for. Um, and it has to do with, apparently there's no, they don't, the hedge funds don't have to publicly report like what stocks they've shorted. Um, so people are sort of ascertaining and they're ascertaining um, how many shorts are still out there. And when that number starts to go down and this price starts to go sky high, they think that that's what it's, that that's when it's going to trigger. But what they, what they're saying is as long as no one sells, the price keeps going up infinitely. Right. You think that as long, so it's surely at some point there's a breaking point where if the price skyrockets, everybody goes, I'm out. And they sell, right? And then that, and then ideally, you want to be on the front end of that instead of on the back end of that. <laughs> yeah. But right now, right now, the energy behind this this community, behind this subreddit, and the people following it, the energy that that's raining right now is everybody hold. Now that may change in the next week, but right now, every as far as anybody can tell, everybody's holding. They're saying if you hold, the the price the price will go to it could go to ten thousand. Just hold. Yeah, because this this whole thing could blow up on somebody, you know, like me, who's at their oh, at their day job and not paying I'm sure attention. Fully ha- I'm sure fully half the people are going to be left holding the bag for the other half. Yeah, <laughs> I, have, I have no doubt about that. But I think what, but I think what to bear in mind for a lot of people, they don't care. There's a lot of people that don't care because it's become about an agenda, not about the money. Right. See what I'm saying? There's a lot of people that are going to ride this thing all the way down and they don't care. 
They're like, look, well, especially the, games, the, the people who got in. It won't change my life at all. Yeah. Especially the people who got in at $5. Exactly. Like they're not going to really lose anything. I mean, other than and, the and potential I, that they could, could get if they sold now. There's threads I've seen where there's guys that are like, hey, I got in with $6,000 and now I'm worth 130 and I live in my car. He's like, you know, it's like, yeah. I've been living in my car. I took my $6,000. I put it in this. I'm now worth 130. I'm still holding. So can you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what's the, the planet of the apes? Apes together strong. Apes, apes together strong. <laughs> exactly. Apes together strong. That's whole so, banana. You know, that, that's, and, and that is what that is what the hedge funds have to break. They have they have to break that basically that vibe that's going through this community. They have to they have to somehow break that apart and convince people like and scare people like no you need to sell or you're gonna lose everything. And there's a certain there's a certain percentage of people involved in this that they don't care at all. They're like, I'll, 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 this is money that I'll put forward just to hurt the hedge funds. And I don't care what happens to me. Wow. It's really, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. We'll see what happens over the next week. Yeah. Do you think it'll, it'll probably resolve next week? Well, I think it'll resolve it. it, I'm not, I'm not an investing guy. I couldn't tell you. Yeah. I can, I can, I can only tell you. But as, as, as the Reddit expert though, (laughs) I can, well, I can only tell you what the subreddit is saying, which the subreddit is saying that, um, that because of, of the manipulation that the hedge funds engaged in this week, they were able to delay the squeeze from triggering that, that they thought yeah. was really going to happen on Friday. So it's a matter of saying, well, how much did they delay it? Did, do, they get to, do they get to Monday and the squeeze triggers? Do, can they push it to Wednesday? Does it push out a couple weeks? And then they're also saying that this also isn't a thing that happens in a matter of minutes, that it's going to take, it'll take several days for them to actually close out all these shorts. So, so we're telling people like, don't feel like you have to keep your finger on the trigger and sell the second you get scared. Walk away because the window in which to sell is probably going to last for a couple of days. So it's not going to be a, 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 a sharp also, fall I mean, in I mean, price. It's going to be a steady, slow decline over. Yeah, and I mean the whole Tuesday, game Wednesday, Thursday. A, the whole game changed right as soon as trading opened on Thursday. So when trading opens on Monday, the whole game could change again. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no. This is unprecedented. It's completely unprecedented, and most and, and most people with the perspective to to speak with it on authority are saying this is this is a historic thing. This is like a point in history. This you know this is a turning point in finan- in, in the financial world, and so no one really knows what's going to happen. Right, and it's never going to happen it's, again. <laughs> if it'll ever happen again, yeah. I mean, it's it's we'll see. I mean. Right now, there's nothing stopping it from happening again. So we'll see what happens to prevent it from happening again. I'm right, sure something. Right. Fascinating, fascinating stuff. Really thank fascinating. you, thank you for uh, yeah. being our um, Wall Street Reddit subreddit <laughs> correspondent <laughs> expert. And again, and again, I mean, I think you, you, you could get a better picture if you had a third guy here that was like a stocks guy. And right. Could really could give you that other. All I know is, I know Reddit and I know Reddit communities, and I, I can kind of. I feel like I know how to get a vibe for what, what a community on Reddit is about and kind of what the, you know, what the general vibe is. But I'll tell you, my, one of my friends who was trading stocks was asking me, like, well, what are the other stocks they're talking about? And I was like, AMC, Bed Bath & Beyond. And he was like writing them down. <laughs> he, was like, <laughs> he was like, what are the potential next ones is going to happen to you? You know, what so a- we'll see. I mean, I mean, if the stock goes to, a, if it goes to a thousand, I'll make a lot of money. If it goes to 10,000, I'll make a heck of a lot of money or I'll lose a little bit. <laughs> Yeah. You know, 
that's one thing. The individual risks, the individual retail investor is very low. Yeah. The risk to each individual hedge fund is sky high. Yeah. And that's, and that's how um, everyone's ended up in the situation where they are exactly. today as exactly. we record this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What the, the subreddit needs is a, you know, like a, a hedge fund person who will on the inside mm-hmm. who, who knows what's going on, who knows when, when they have to see, I think that's illegal. And I think that's going to get the Reddit <laughs> shut down. That's one thing. So here's why the, the hedge funds Reddit, can do it. Why can't the Redditors on the Reddit? Apparently <laughs> it's illegal to organize and it's illegal to, to buy a stock for any, for just for any other reason than that you, you just like the stock. So if you look at the Reddit threads, almost every comment, almost every comment, they say, I am not a financial advisor, ignore me, and I like the stock. Like how you started your uh, your story Literally. today. <laughs> That's why I said it, because I, I've been reading that for days on every comment. They say, I'm not a financial advisor, ignore me, and I like the stock. And those huge comment threads were everybody saying, we like the stock. That's why we're buying it. We like the stock. Yeah. Because, because they're trying to prevent everything from getting shut down by the SEC. <laughs> <laughs> and you figure that out real quick. We like the stock. Oh, okay. I'm not a financial advisor. This is not financial advice. We like the stock. <laughs> <laughs> Did I mention I like the stock? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we like the stock. That's it. We like the stock. And they say it over and over and over and over. <laughs> it's been a fun couple of days. It's been fun to watch. <laughs> I got very like little work done yesterday because I was refresh- refreshing my Fidelity account, <laughs> watching the Reddit and listening to YouTube. <laughs> I got very little time. So f- Fidelity <laughs> you know, so is where they're so letting you buy it, huh? Say what? <laughs> Fidelity is where they're letting you buy that, huh? That's what they're saying. They're saying that, that it's like Fidelity and a few other platforms are all saying like, this is the place to go because you can open up account real quick and you can transfer money from your bank and you can do whatever you want to with it really rapidly. And they're, they're not limiting what you can buy. So and that's probably fine for you to say uh, today on Saturday. Cause when this posts on Wednesday, the, whole landscape can be completely See, the different thing is, by, the, by the time this episode goes up this whole thing could be over yeah and i could have lost everything we'll <laughs> i mean honestly at the, the day you're listening to this this whole thing could be over this is this is as of saturday morning the, the saturday before we'll see yeah you know i should <laughs> maybe maybe like tuesday night i should let you know what's going on and you can like add a little 10 minute like by the way, Mike lost everything. Just be aware. Mike lost everything. <laughs> and then we'll let the episode continue. <laughs> you, can, you can send me a selfie of you doing happy face or sad face. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put a yeah. little caption on it. <laughs> yeah, do that. Uh. Let me know. Let me know Tuesday night. Yeah, we'll do. <laughs> maybe maybe I'll be up a little bit. We'll see. Man. I mean, and I I mean, I don't, you know. I've got some money, but I don't, I don't have a good, I don't have a lot invested. I don't have a good investing strategy. You know, I need for the last several years, I've been, I've been trying to pressure myself. Like you need to get your finances in order and kind of know where your money's going and what it's doing for you. Yeah. I've, I've been, um, I've been telling myself the same thing. Yeah. I was talking to my parents recently about their, how their, you know, how their money is set up and, and you know, what that, what their house is worth and what their retirement is worth and all that. And I kind of, realize like God, y'all have done y'all have done pretty well for yourselves you know and, and but mom was telling me that well we haven't done as well as we wanted to you know there's been a lot of setbacks and you know job <laughs> job problems and, and economic downturns and stuff She's like we had planned to to do more and i was like yeah but from where i'm sitting y'all have done pretty well <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, thinking the same thing it's like <laughs> you know, i mean 
<laughs> that's part of the vibe. I think that's that's something that's coming into this whole this whole thing too. Is there's a lot of like younger people getting in, and they're saying like, you know, I've never been able to get ahead. Every time I've been able to put a little bit of money together, something else comes along—a pandemic or a or a or a collapse or a bubble or something—and yeah. I lose it all, and I'm still. I don't have anything put back. And so I'm going to put this, you know, $300 that I've got, I'm going to, I'm going to put it in. If it hurts the hedge funds, you know, then, then great, you know? And, and if it doesn't, then my life hasn't changed at all, but they're looking at like, they feel like over and over and over again in their adult life. Every time they start to get a little bit, something else happens and sets them back, except that wall street keeps getting bailed out. They yeah. keep getting the bailouts and, and plowing ahead. And they, you know, and they're like, well, I want my piece of that too. And then it's people with an agenda. And so I, I imagine going into investing with an agenda or with any emotion attached is a bad, generally a bad strategy. You know, not that I'm a financial advisor. If this is a financial advice, I like the stock. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I used to work at GameStop. I was a GameStop manager. Were you? Yeah. They, I mean, nobody got any stock, but I was a manager at GameStop. Did you work at Blockbuster too? I did. I worked at um towards the end of, of Blockbuster's days, and then and then I worked at GameStop for a while, and I worked at a an ind- a couple of independent video game stores in between. I was one of the um the Game Rush managers. Remember when half of Blockbuster was turned into like Game Rush, and they tried to make it a separate marketing thing? No, but I think uh, I think I remember you talking about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, my quitting story. I'm like my quitting. Yeah, yeah. Story. With the was it a PlayStation? I bought I bought a P I bought a PlayStation Two with my discount. And they left my shirt and my name tag on the on the counter <laughs> and walked out. <laughs> and that Blockbuster Classic. is a bank now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the one by me is like a, a auto parts store. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how you can drive around town because I, I mean I'm dating a girl that's not from around here, and when we drive around town, I realize like she doesn't know that all the buildings that look like that used to be a Blockbuster. Uh-huh. And she doesn't know that all the buildings around town that look like that used to be a pizza chain that went out of business. And all the buildings like that used to be Eckerd's and Eckerd's was still a thing. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> but like I drive around town and I, and I recognize these buildings and these profiles, but, and then I wonder what it's like for my dad who grew up in Ackworth in the, in the forties and fifties. Now be into 2021 and drive around town to see that everything was built in that amount of time. It used to be nothing but trees. Yeah. Now everything's new and gotta be wild for him too. Yeah. That was the country. Yeah, there's a video of um, of um, on YouTube from like the 80s of a guy driving around Cobb County um, with a with an old style video camera and recording like the mall being under construction, the 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 the, the interstate coming through being constructed. And it's just like fields and trees everywhere. And then <laughs> somebody's put over the video like like this is standing that this corner looking in this direction. So you're like, Oh, that's where the CarMax is now. This is where the mall is now. And like seeing what it was like before all this stuff was built. Yeah. Really, really, really weird. Because there's, there's so little footage like from the eighties in general, you know, let alone a footage like around town. Yeah. People, we had the ability to shoot the footage, but not everybody bothered to. Well, well think about, it. I mean, you know, that's probably, it was probably footage on like, say, a. Uh, might have been a record on some some medium like like Betamax or something that that <laughs> was never really used, and then it probably sat in a box forever and degraded. And then somebody found it and somehow digitized it, then put it up on YouTube, and then figured out you know where around town it was being shot and made a video of it and put it up on YouTube. Like a whole lot of things had to happen for that footage to like see the light of day. Yeah, yeah, many steps yeah. in that process. Yeah, somebody had to be dedicated. Absolutely. What's on this tape? 
<laughs> First of all, what is this thing? <laughs> oh, it's you a, know, my mom, wa- my mom a video wanted a couple tape. years back. She wanted all of our old family videos turned into DVDs, you know, because the tapes are, you know, the tapes are degrading after 20 years. Yeah. And she wanted it, all that stuff preserved. And so we, you know, we, it took years. I mean, for that's where it to be done because it was my job for a long time and I never did anything about it. But <laughs> we finally got them all turned into DVDs. She ain't watching them. No. She ain't watching them. They're just, I know she's not watching them. They're just. <laughs> <laughs> We had them, Trey. We had them, but she's not looking at them. Yeah, we had. Um, she's watching these. While we pay for these, we turn into DVDs. We never had a, a camcorder mm-hmm. in my house, so we we don't have, we have photos. We don't have video yeah. of family, but we did have um one. My dad's family, they had a um like a eight millimeter color film camera. Yeah, and there's there were a couple of spools of film that one of uh was it his uncle i think mm-hmm. took and got digitized many years ago and so now mm-hmm. there's you know there there are dvds of that and it's like you know my great grandparents in the 50s mm-hmm. <laughs> my dad is a little kid yeah you know what what makes me think is that kids that are toddlers now when they're our age there's going to be like <laughs> like like high quality HD video of themselves as toddlers, like just out there on social media. Uh-huh. Like you're accustomed when you see like if you see footage of yourself as a kid, it's like grainy and it's it looks old. But there's gonna be like dig like HD digital video of kids today later on in life. And I feel like that's gonna be uh-huh. weird. Yeah. And they're gonna think, wow, this footage is really crappy. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> it's only well, in two D. Maybe by then it's like, oh, you're I have still, to watch it on the screen. At, I can't jack it into my brain. This doesn't, this doesn't beam directly into my contacts. Exactly. Like, you still have to look at a screen for this. <laughs> really? <laughs> I can't just close my eyes and be transported there virtually and like, be standing off to the side watching it in 3D, like <laughs> and physically interacting with it, Let's like see. on the holodeck. <laughs> it's like no, they hadn't hidden that. They hadn't hidden those chips in the vaccines yet, so we didn't have that. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Michael, make sure you don't disable the safety features. You don't want your memories coming and killing you. Right? <laughs> oh, man. Mm. Wow. So, um, yeah. we're about an hour and a half. Do you want to... Seriously? Yeah. Wow. I mean... You want to save Star Wars talk for the next time? Yeah, let's do that. Let's make this the, um, the, uh, the GameStop episode. Okay. I mean, it'll be, it should be still be big news next week. So, you know, it's prescient. Oh yeah. yeah it'll still be. No, this is good. Cool. Do you want awesome. to, well, how do we, how do we close out these episodes now? Well, we have, Oh, a... oh, oh, I need, I need to write a Craig outro. Hang on. <laughs> My laptop's slow. Open up word. Hang on. I can do this. This is what Craig was always doing while you and me were yammering on. Yeah. At some point in the middle of the conversation, Craig would just he would go quiet. He would go quiet and look at his. At his laptop and just start typing. <laughs> and that's that's when when I knew we had an outro. Okay, got it. Okay. We have a Kevin question. Ooh, we have a Kevin question. Yeah. I love Kevin. Yeah. And uh wow, this is somewhat topical speaking of uh simpler times back in the day when it was all farmland as far as the eye can see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kevin uh asks one seventy nine question. Outside of TV and movies, 
Has anyone ever referred to themselves as, quote, a simple person, or their town as just simple people? Is this completely made up by Hollywood? I can't imagine anyone would refer to themselves or their town in this way. Hey, stranger, welcome to town. We are all a bunch of idiots who you can take advantage of. Have a great day. Thanks, Kevin. Well, I'm in politics, so I'm surrounded by people trying to portray themselves as the everyman. So I, I have a little bit of a different perspective. Because, <laughs> yeah, see, there you go. There you go. I was prepared to answer this question with, why no, Kevin? No one ever says that. And yet, here we are. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I deal with all sorts of millionaires. Right? I, I deal with all sorts of millionaires putting on denim coats and, and ball caps and, and filming and, and, and filming. <laughs> Videos of themselves leaning up against fences out in fields. <laughs> where, they, where they can find them. Yeah, I do a lot of that. <laughs> way, way out in, in, in the country. Now in Alabama and Tennessee. Put on this ball cap and look at, <laughs> put on this ball cap and look less intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> drive, drive this truck in this commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this uh, outside of that, outside of that, I think Kevin probably has a point. Yeah, because I, I, and you, well, you, you, you have the example where it's true, (laughs) but I I was, I was struggling to come up with anything. (laughs) I was, uh, I was thinking, uh, yeah, nobody, nobody wants to admit, even if they are a simple person or or think of themselves, they don't want to admit it. Like Forrest Gump, you know, I may not be a smart man, but I know what love is. Right. Oh man. Simpler times. Simpler Simpler people. That's right. (laughs) People who didn't have to worry about hedging in their shorts. Wait. (laughs) Did I did I not understand that correctly? How does that how does that work again? It's all the it's apes and bananas, man. Apes together strong. Apes together strong, hold your bananas, diamond hands. This is not financial advice. We like the stock. That's right. We love it. Wait, can we say we love it or do we have to limit it to liking it? I think it, I think you just have to like the stock. Okay. So you you can't say you love it. If you say you love it, that's code for you're recommending it. Suddenly, suddenly the whole podcast gets shut down <laughs> by the SEC. <laughs> Wait, I got, I got a sound effect for that. Hang on. There we go. Oh, geez. <laughs> Are we ready for on the next episode of Nerd Burger? Yes. Yes. Uh, well, first of all, Michael, thank you. Thank you, Mike. Always, Thanks for having me on. It's, always it's, a pleasure it's to talk to you. My first episode without Craig. It's it's a, it's an adjustment. I miss I miss I miss the big guy. Yeah, yeah. Now you you have to do more work. As we're we're about to I do. To, I do. I've been hear. elevated to full occasional co-host now. <laughs> <laughs> Mike and Mike on the mics. <laughs> Fully occasional. That's right. <laughs> like a sofa. Um. <laughs> Oh, hey, do you want to ask me where they can find us? Mike, where can they find more about where can they find us and, and find out more about the Nerdburger podcast? They can find us at nerdburgershow.com and email us nerdburgershow at protonmail.com. There you go. Send send your own personal stock tips to nerdburgershow at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one works too still. On the next episode of Nerdburger. Michael awkwardly begs Mike to buy into his new multi-level marketing venture he started (laughs) following the financial collapse of his GameStop stock. (laughs) Is there a pyramid emoji? You want to get in on the ground floor before this thing really takes off.
hashtag pyramid emoji, ground floor <laughs> emoji, diamond hands. Right? Apes together strong. <laughs> <laughs> and we're out.